Kalis is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome back to another episode of the Houston Dynapod podcast. And we're recording at a different time than normal because, lo and behold, the famous Mike Jabala is joining us this evening. Mike, how are you? Let's go! Let's go, Dynamo! Woo! Fired up, baby. Fired up. Ready to play. Let's go. How are we doing? Well, I mean, after that, I'm doing a lot better. <clears throat> I feel like like picking my energy That's up a, a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey, we're gonna do it, man. We gotta we gotta do it right. No, I'm just joking, man. I'm great. Um, I appreciate you adjusting the schedule. Just got out of work and uh, you know heading heading into the gym. Go get a little workout in and uh, close out the evening, man. Right on, right on. So this is what this is the fourth fourth attempt we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must a, be a, a busy man. You know. I like to play hard to get, you know, not necessarily in this sense, but you know, it's not, not that just uh entrepreneur life, man. Sometimes just pulls you in different directions and sometimes you just gotta go with the flow. You gotta, you gotta put out fires and, and uh, you know, play all the positions sometimes. So I yeah, apologize. You, you, but yeah, you'd, mentioned, you'd mentioned you had a four seasons event and I went in my head. I was like, okay, I would have ditched me for a four seasons event. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done a podcast for an event that's four seasons, but no, we, we do a, uh, so we license workouts. I actually started my business at the four seasons in Kona, Hawaii, and, uh, I have a partnership with them, but we license our workout concept to, to hotels, gyms, apartment complexes. And so anyways, it's like an endurance, you know, soccer inspired workouts, just treadmill slam ball back and forth. So they had, a they had some like corporate folk that came through and they wanted us to be there to run something so just just good, a good partnership for sure but yeah it wasn't uh expected i was there way later than anticipated yeah yeah that was i think you you messaged me at like oh god 11 p.m i'm i'm asleep early i have to get up early for work and exercise and all that stuff yeah, how old <clears throat> are you i'm 40 i just turned 40 10 oh, days man. ago damn well, happy birthday man uh, i mean I, i'm like a 1 a.m. type of guy. I, I hate to say that because obviously sleep's super important, but um, but yeah, sleep's good. I mean, there's times where I can go to sleep at midnight and I'm like, I'm up at 4 a.m. It just depends. Yeah. It depends on what I've done and how active I've been and everything. But I try to keep active. And you know, I, we actually, me and my ex, we actually have been through one of your sphere classes. Oh, cool. When? We have. Oh, God. Well, let's see. Her and I broke up two years ago. So sure. before then. Not long, not, not, it would have been long, shortly before COVID. Was it outside or was it indoor at the facility? It was, it was outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you gotta, yeah, be, yeah. Like, so like she figured because I liked watching soccer and my son plays that I would enjoy this. Now I played college baseball and I played football in high school and I've, I just four years in the Marines and doing, wow. doing uh, one of these sphere classes kicked my ass. <laughs> I mean, That's I, awesome, man. I wasn't like, obviously like in full athletic shape, but you forget how hard it is with the sudden explosive movements. And I'm telling you, I was sore for days and it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think soccer players are probably some of the best athletes. And I mean, I, I think I respect every sport and all their athleticism and the things that they can do, but man, truly, I think it's such a well-rounded athlete. And I mean, it's really one of the reasons why I want me out for me. I mean, 37, I just want to stay in shape when I finish playing. So 
I was trying all these different workouts that were out there and you know just nothing nothing matches up to soccer I mean it's fun too because you get distracted chasing a little ball around and um, you know interacting with people and being part of a team so I just uh, don't want to run on a massive soccer field anymore so I just need to kind of change it up a little bit and I just love music and I love meeting people and I like a good beer so I wanted to kind of put them all together and yeah you know, yeah I totally ones. understand it soccer players also they have the best haircuts the best physiques and I mean they're the best looking if you look at I mean I, I'm not gonna lie I, I, I podcast I'm gonna rep- I'm gonna recommend it to everybody I mean I'm feeling good about myself and I'm sure every other soccer player out there but I don't disagree I, I feel like we have like I mean, overall, I think we're, 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 we're the best. I mean, I, I don't like, you know, I have four children with women, but I don't think I've ever seen a professional male soccer player that I didn't find attractive in some way, shape or form. Like every, every single one of us. Well, actually, you know what? Nope. There's a couple, there's a couple, but not many overall. Like I, I, grew, I played hockey growing up, man. We are some ugly people. Hockey players can be very ugly. So let's talk about that. Growing up, were you a multi-sport athlete? Because most people our age, we, we weren't specializing then. Did you play multiple yeah, sports? Yeah, no, I, pl- I played everything. I uh, played ping pong with my dad every night at home. I grew up golfing on the golf course with him. You know, I did the flag football deal, played baseball, all, you know, nonstop until middle school. And, um, you know, basketball in elementary and middle school. But, like, when I hit high school, freshman year, everything stopped and I just focused on soccer and I play golf, um, you know, a little bit too, just cause it's like, that's definitely my, my mistress in the, the sports world. But, you know, I just, I, I kind of started specializing around, around that fr- uh, freshman year and high Yeah. I had like a, a good stint in Europe that, I mean, truly was like the acceleration in my, um, in my development, but. Oh, okay. Well, you can't tell us about a good stint in Europe without going oh, yeah, a little further I, in I detail. Just, yeah, I just my, my parents lied about my birth certificate. Like I was I was obviously better than most at like, you know, kindergarten first or just like I kind of got the game and I was athletic. And, you know, it's like always like one or two kids that kind of just stand out a little bit. Anyways, long story short, fast forward a couple of years, my parents lied about my birth certificate. I was eight playing with a bunch of 11 year olds in San Diego. And, you know, around the world, they, they start scouting and signing players, you know, I mean, very young four or five six yeah it's so crazy just, you know it's, it's a farm system right so you just you know you're getting players in and you know it's it's a lottery you know obviously there's a few people that make a few players that make it to the top level from like you know the the, the youth team but anyways i uh i was identified and scouted by an austrian scout and fast forward i mean you know a couple weeks later uh i'm on a, I'm a 747 flying by myself across the world to go train and um and live with an american soccer coach and a couple of other like you know um american players that were in the uh, an academy system there and that was there on and off for two years by myself my parents didn't go it was crazy craziest thing my i couldn't imagine a a parent doing for their eight-year-old child to let him go live in a a foreign country managing their own money learning a new language and playing soccer two three times a day but i mean it was truly like the the difference for me as a as a human being and also as a as a soccer player so yeah do you remember that was, uh, that was a cool story. so the other american kids that were there do you know what how their careers panned out because obviously uh, yours, went, yours went pretty well that's actually pretty good man i don't know um you know i never really followed up they were 14 16 so you know much older than i was but i don't i'm just i don't know but uh, i'll look into it actually i i, I don't know if they anything materialized so would you would, would that be what would, would that be your best memory of sports or what would be your best memory no. sports wise? uh my, when, i mean 
winning, I mean, winning back-to-back championships. That's pretty I mean, big. The, the locker room. I mean, those are, those are huge. I mean, sitting in the Oval Office with George Bush Jr. I mean, I was, I mean, twice with his cowboy boots kicked up and all of us in there just laughing. I mean, just like, you know, all these moments with the guys. You were like 22, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You were a baby. And you met the president of the United States. (laughs) No, I was 21, man. Um, But yeah, it was, those were, those were cool moments. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, scoring my first goal, second goal against David Beckham, who was my, childhood idol um in portland against the galaxy when they were on like a i don't know some stupid run like 16 wins it was espn like man of the match i mean that was you know it was like one of those moments for me that that will go down man tell the grandchildren one day but uh but yeah no i was good man i was i was really fortunate i had a good a good run so do, do you have children are, are you are you spoken for no 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 i not no not that i know of i'm 37 um dating but definitely not um in a committed relationship well well we'll see but you know anyways i'm dating and uh i i mean i would love to but i've chosen to pursue an um a career similar to my professional one where it just requires 100 percent of my attention and focus and that's yeah. that's definitely been been my priority for the past several years now um so kind of getting to a point where business is in a good place and um, things are progressing where i feel confident with you know, the money that I'm making and the, the the structure that we're creating to be able to take in, you know, another, you know, direction or career, career, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll happen sooner rather than later. So are you guys planning on doing any franchising going outside of Houston? Yeah. Yeah. So like our business is essentially to help people connect. Um, you know, we do that right now through soccer and fitness. Uh, we, you know, through the pandemic and over the past several years have become a, like franchise licensing model. So we basically share our team concept with people that are super interested in soccer and fitness and creating communities and um, bringing people together in a non-competitive way. And, you know, I've created some really cool workouts that are very digestible and uh, approachable for any fitness level or skill ability. We're not doing soccer drills or anything like that. Like everything is super dumbed down, super simple exercises and, uh, and, you know, endurance workouts. So people are always, you're always moving all body weight resistance bands and then, um, organized play in some sense. And, uh, yeah, so we basically share the ball or I say our sphere with, um, with facilities or like-minded people that are, or or, were once like me, you know, transitioning and looking for, you know, an opportunity to make money doing something that they love. And, um, you know, I think that's been one of the most rewarding things about creating sphere so far. So you were born in California, correct? Or you're from California, 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 Austria, Washington, Oregon, Houston, and you picked Houston. What, and you talk a lot about connections. So, um, as far as the community, like you talk about building connections within people and as a player, uh, we all know you, you were pretty popular, right? So how have you worked? Why did you pick Houston? That's the first one. What, what stood yeah, out here? Uh, what, what kept you here? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So I picked Houston because I had unfinished business here. Um, I mean, when I first moved here, I made $17,000 and 19,000 as a pro, um, you know, and I just, I don't know how, man, but I, I mean, I listened to a lot of older, wiser people that were successful and, uh, one thing that always stood out was, you know, your network is your net net worth. And for me, I spent a tremendous amount of time, you know, c- building connections in the community. Um, 
And so that really was a big reason when I, uh, my grandpa died when I was almost 30, I was in DC and um, that uh, my contract was then terminated or it wasn't picked up by DC and, you know, I'm without a team, like, what am I going to do? And so I called Dominic and just said, Hey, can I, can I just come back and train? You know? And he's like, yeah, Chewy, you know, of course, like come in here for preseason, you know, get fit and then, you know, find a team or whatever. So very, very fortunate that Dom gave me the opportunity to come back after he traded me away. And he done, he did that with a few other players, but anyways, I was fortunate that Andrew Hanalt left, which was another defender and opened up a spot and the defensive spot side of things. And, you know, I, I played my way into a, another season with the team, which was great because I used that year to really um, work on transitioning and figure out what I was going to do. But I mean, the real reason of why I stayed in Houston, even after that was because of the people. Um, it was because of my connections that I had. And I knew that I could lean on some existing relationships to get a, get a job at least to support myself. I mean, it's a scary time for any athlete, um, regardless if, you know, you're David Beckham or, you know, Mike Jabala. And there's just a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of, you know, turmoil internally, you know, and, and, um, you know, when you're trying to, and you're changing a, a completely different lifestyle into a new one, you know, it, it's, it's also really arduous. And I would say just for me personally, with financial struggles, I mean, I, it, it was a good place for me to be. So anyways, I felt like Houston was home for spending several years here. And, um, the true core of my being just felt like I needed to be here. And, um, and, and that was the real reason after I, I stopped playing and why I, um, why I stopped here. I mean, and my story is, is, is really cool, man. It'll be a, it'll be a good story one day and Netflix series, but like, I actually was still trying to play with the dynamo. I was freaking desperate. So like, what the hell am I going to do? I went to preseason the next year after my, after I came back 14 and I, uh, on the last day of preseason, Dom was bringing in Demarcus Beasley and he's like, Hey man, I don't have a spot for you. And I was like, the hell you don't, you know, I was like, I just turned down to, uh, Montreal, San Jose. And he's like crying in his room. And I was like, dude, like, like what? He's like, look, come back to Houston. We'll figure something out. Like we did with Chingy where you're like front office slash player. And like, we'll work it out. I'm like, okay, cool. I trained with a team. Didn't get paid almost until my 30th birthday. Actually it was my 30th birthday where I, um, what finally just started to feel like I wasn't welcome. It was like two, three months into just not having a contract guys been like, dude, what are you doing? And then like, I started to feel the, the, the dynamic change within like the coaching staff and just kind of looking at me like, dude, get the hint. Like, and finally oh. I was just like on the way to training and I turned around and I was like, fuck. And I went to New York where I had a girlfriend at the time and I went and just stayed with her for a couple of weeks. And that's where I started to go to like Barry's boot camp, soul cycle, CrossFit, um, you know, yoga, just started really exploring. Cause I was trying to stay in shape, but also I was just like, wow, like, this is cool. I didn't know these other workouts existed. Is there anything for soccer? And like, no, there wasn't anything that existed. So I was like, huh. And then this is why I go back to my Kona story where I was in Hawaii and um, I met a, fr a family friend that family friends that live at the four seasons in Hawaii. And I started doing camps and clinics there several, several years or a few years before that. And uh, long story short, um, she's like, well, you know, I was doing my camp. I was going to leave and say, like, where are you going? I was like, I don't fucking know. And she's like, well, just stay here. Keep training. You know, like, you know, you're welcome here as long as you want. You have your own like room and you know, you're good. And I was like, all right. So I ended up staying there for like four months in Hawaii training kids and actually creating sphere. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I mean, dude, it's a, it was, it was wild, man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, you talked about how much money they paid you as a pro coming in. That's crazy to, to normal folks. Like if we, if we didn't look and it wasn't public knowledge, everybody thinks that all athletes that make it to the professional level are just set for life. And it, it's so not true in any way, shape or form. Cause you, you threw that number out there, 17, 19,000. And that was 2000, what, six, five, seven. When, when was that? Yeah. I mean, it was 2000. No, it was uh geez, dude. It was oh my God. When was that dude? 2006, man. That was my first season. Two, 2006. That's crazy. Okay. So in 2006, I was in the Marine Corps. I was making about $60,000 after they paid my housing and my food. So I, it's absolutely insane to me that MLS and the, the salary, the minimums now are, they're respectable. Like they are a comfortable living wage. Um, man, I forgot what I was going to go to next. So you talked about, it was hard, huh? Getting out of being a professional athlete and trying to figure out what happened next. That was, that must've been yeah, probably was, a dark time. Yeah. It was terrible. I mean, it was, um, I mean, it was by far the most traumatic. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've had some moments, but, um, I mean, man, I was broke, dude. I was living on a, a friend's optometry, uh, like in her optometry practice. I was living on her couch. Like she would leave and everybody would leave and I would wait till everybody left and I would pull around back and park. And, um, you know, I lived on her couch. Like I could barely put gas in my car at times. I was an alcoholic. I was moving from friend's place to friend's place. Like, I mean, I didn't have a job yet. Like I, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was terrible. And, um, you know, when you're the guy and you're the pro, you're like, well, can't show anybody you're weak like you can't show anybody that you're struggling like what do you mean like ask for help I mean you're Mike Chabala and I say that you know humbly but I'm just saying it's like I'm a pro soccer player like I don't I don't this isn't this isn't me like this isn't this isn't where I'm at at 30 years old and um yeah it was humbling man but I'll truly tell you this man like you've got to I mean tough times create tough men and um and truly being rock bottom was you know what I needed. And more importantly was the dark energy that I, uh, I had to create for myself to be able to get to the, to the, where I need to go for my next step. So do you, do you, uh, you said you were an alcoholic. Uh, have you read the book, the AA book? Because I have a history with addiction as well. And I, uh, I've read the NA book and I can tell you, if you haven't, it's a lot of good stuff in there. Very helpful. What, which book was it again? It's the book they use for Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's a lot of good morals. I mean, it, it, it talks about it, – it gets doesn't get religious, but it talks about spirituality and finding your peace. And, and I mean, every day I say, what is the prayer? Give me the strength to change what I can, the courage to accept what I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I found that helps. So there's one thing I wanted to ask you about when I was looking through your history. You were in Houston as a pro for about three years. And you had limited appearances. You appeared in a couple of CONCACAF games, a USL game, maybe one MLS appearance. And then you were put on loan to Austin, to the Aztecs. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. Yep, that's what happened. So what did that do for you as a person? Like, did, did you use it as a part to move forward? Or did that set you back at all emotionally as a person? No, I mean, you know, it was where I was actually like able to like get momentum fitness. I mean, when you're a reserve on a team, like, like you don't get games. And so like, we're literally 
waiting for a chance, but like, I mean, there's nothing like game fitness period. So the fact that like, I was able to go and get like, I don't know, I think I had like three or four games. I forgot how many games I played, but like, I, it was the best thing that happened because then Wade pulled his hamstring and I was gay. I was match fit. So like, you know, I was sharp. I was, I was feeling confident. And I mean, you're at the top level. So you go down a level and like, you're just better. And so I'm like, my, like, yeah, I was, I was just in a really good spot. And, um, yeah, it was really, it was game changing for me. And I mean, I actually went to Portland Timbers on my, my first year in the league. I saw that. Yeah. Um, just cause I knew I was ever, I was never going to play, but yeah, those are, those, those are huge moments. Speaking of the, uh, well, not Timbers, but the FC Dallas match, did you see Memo Rodriguez's free kick? Yeah. What'd you think about it? I thought it was a goal. What did you think? I thought it was a goal. I, mean, I, I, thought, I thought it was two. Oh, my God, it kills me. That was two matches in a row. We've, we've dealt with these new officials. And, I mean, the MLS refs, I don't know how they were when you were playing. But they're not very consistent. So that, that kind of brings us to modern day. I got two things left for you. You were here when we won titles, and we were the best this country had to offer. And then you lived in Houston through that period of time where it, it all went to shit. And you're here now for what appears to be the rebirth of the powerhouse that is the Houston Dynamo. What is your take on the current state of soccer here in Houston? Well, I would honestly say that I'm like proud again, to be honest with you. Um, and number two, like, I mean, I, I think it's, I think there's a lot of great things that the club has been doing. I'm not going to say it's Pat, but like, I just, it's been a long time, man. And I don't think that there's any surprise by the ownership group, the money that they're spending, um, the style of play, um, the players, the leadership. Um, but you know, it, it, it comes from, it comes with, from within, you know, and, I don't know. I just think it's been a while since we've gotten some really good players that have all been really cohesive and I don't know, man, they're playing some exciting soccer and they're defending well. And do you have a favorite honestly, player? Do you have a favorite player on the team? <laughs> well, my buddies are there, man. Like Zarek Valentin is one of my buddies. Tim Parker is a buddy. Uh, I like Memo too, just because, you know, I remember him as like a little, a little, a little kid, man, when he was coming yeah. into camp with us and stuff. So you know, I've got a soft spot for him just because it's so great to see, see his career materialize and for him to do something with himself. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really awesome to see. And it doesn't happen for many, many guys or young ones like that, that can go through the system and still, um, still stick around. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal when that happens. It's not something that happens all the time, but when it happens, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, you mentioned Tim Parker and I can't tell you how many times I've been asked or someone has asked, who would you take to a bar fight off the current roster? And the answer is always Tim Parker because he is, he's God, he's big. He's got to be big in person. Like I've only seen him from the stands, but he is built. He has to yeah, lift weights too, huh? He's a big guy, man. You know, but he's, um, I mean, but that's probably the same, the same answer I would have said a long time ago when I was playing with Eddie Robinson, I'd be like, yeah, I'm taking Eddie Robinson center back into a bar fight with me because you just have to be a little crazy man. you got to be a little bit you got to be the tough guy man you know you're the last last man back there and you got to be got to be tough man and um yeah he plays the part really well yeah i like watching him on the uh with glenn davis he cracks me up because he's just a normal guy you know glenn's the, the the tv personality 
And Eddie's a dude that played the game, and so did Glenn. Glenn got pretty. He was pretty high, too. I think he played pro. But Eddie just strikes me as a normal guy, like, you'd sit down and have a beer with. But he was he's the one you take to a bar fight from that club, even with uh, Rico, even with Ricardo uh, Clark. Dude, my favorite story is when Rico and Eddie got into a fight, man, on the field, literally before we were going to play uh, FC Dallas in the final. And um, I think it was FC Dallas. But, yeah, man, they got into a full-on fist fight come back in dom kicked eddie out come back in eddie sitting on rico's locker man about to square up again it was hilarious oh it was great i mean yeah man those two guys tell you dude like rico's from atlanta so he's got his little his street street fighting sense you know eddie's roughneck you know doesn't take shit from anybody and got like a little wire loose he was he was great man but no, I, like I would always say, getting in a fight for sure, man. Guy, guy, guy was guy was tough. So having having played with, I guess you could call us your age group, my age group, an older generation, a different generation. And I wanted to ask you about the mentality that you're seeing in younger players today. And by younger, let's say twenty nine and older, younger versus okay. guys your age. Um, do you think? that athletes mentalities today are different than from when you were playing completely. I mean, they're much more athletic. They're much more technical and skilled. Um, I say, yeah, physical. And I would just say the endurance. I mean, just the, 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 the game's changes. It's, it's more dynamic. It's, it's, it's youthful. Um, you know, it requires a, a, a ton, uh, a ton more, um, you know, just on and off the ball. Um, and, and I mean, you know, rightfully so. I mean, the, the game has evolved so much, right? Like the academies were just blossoming, like when we were getting started and it's, you know, it's been over a decade, you know, longer than that, geez, man, 15 years. Like it's, it's, I mean, there's no question. The one, like in a positive way, I would say all around, like, I don't, I mean, I think I would be a better player from the training that I would have received, it, you know, if I was to go backwards. Um, I also think that the competition to get to the top level is even harder than what it was before. Um, you know, because it's easier to scout and identify, you know, talent. And also our league is opened up because of the Beckham effect and all that other jazz. But I will say the one thing that I'm not certain about is the mental toughness of some of the players. And that's what I was going for as, as, is the, is the world we live in. And I think that's everybody, right. Mental health is such a big conversation these days and social media plays on to pretty much everything. And now the locker room is wide open I mean, players are completely at your fingertips. And, um, you know, one of the things that I always despised of Dominic was his old school mentality. No cell phones in the locker room, be on time, hang up, hang out. Um, you know, and, you know, call me, don't ever text me. And it's crazy. I, 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 I wish that was the way. And I'll just say for these guys now, it's, it's all about the check mark. It's all about, you know, the followers and, you know, the deals rather than, you know, wearing some black boots and, you know, putting your head down and working. And I'm not going to speak for every guy. I'm not going to you know generalize and say every young player isn't hardworking. I mean, there's some really talented guys out there, but I just will say because of the the world and the way that things are, it's just a different mentality. And I think it is great for the sport because it brings a lot of individualism. And um, I think it brings us some maybe better personalities. I mean, obviously soccer is such a team sport 
And I think with like football or basketball, there's a little bit more individualism and, you know, you kind of can be a bigger personality with soccer. I think there's something special about, um, you know, just that, that humility that I feel soccer players possess and um, have like this, this unspoken, I don't know, just, just uh, humility. Respect, the mutual respect for each other. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm the guy, but you know, it takes a team to win, you know, and we're all doing the work and I know it's, it's, it's about being a good teammate and, and uh, anyways, I'm rambling here, but I will just say definitely the game has changed and so have the players. So this, this Saturday we host Austin. Are Are you familiar with these guys? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm in Austin quite frequently. I mean, Josh Wolf was my former teammate. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, they were, they were on fire. They're, they've, they've got a great team. I mean, they've done, I think pretty well so far this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great match. What's your prediction for the score? I'm going to go two one dynamo and I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat on that one. I, 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 I mean, I don't know, man, it's going to be a good game. I, I, I really want the Dynamo to win. And it's nice. It's nice getting back in, in the mix of the team. Thanks to Pat on and the changes in the club. And um, it's nice to be nice to be, you know, not say affiliated because it sounds crazy, but it's just because of how the club has maneuvered themselves away from former teammates and uh, players. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting, man. I'll be there. Yeah, we, we all noticed that. I don't I don't understand why they did all that. Like Brian Ching has a bar across the street. Does, does he make you pay for beer when you go there? Yeah, he's such a cheap ass. No, I'm he, <laughs> he gets he gets fun. But no, I like supporting my friends anyway, so I would pay regardless. But no, as soon as Onstead came in, it was we had we met Pat, we met Eddie. They did it at pitch twenty five. It was like it has been so they've been so transparent. They've been it's just so much better. You know, it's no, just that, I mean, it's 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 a different world. It's a different game. There's a lot of, there's a lot of changes that have happened to the league since 06 when, you know, 07 when we were here. Um, but I think that there are some traditions that should have been kept. And I think that's what creates a great culture in a club and it's not going to happen overnight uh, as Pat said. And um, it's going to take some time to get the right people in the right spots in the, in the front office, back office, not only just on the field and in the staff, but, you know, oh, we I just added that, a we added a technical director for the first time in the club's history. Yeah, first time yeah, in fifteen so is, years. It's crazy. I know, man, and that's that's the beauty of bringing in someone like Pat that has the experience from the past, and um, and not only the experience from the past, but just like the experience of a of a club like Columbus Crew and what they were able to do. I mean, he's he's definitely. I mean, I mean, he's, he's won yeah, everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes, they win. Yeah. And he yeah, did he's, his, he's, in Columbus, yeah. you know, he was kind of the guy behind the guy, wasn't he? He wasn't the, no, the, no, um, no, but, it wasn't. Yeah. He was assistant. But. And then he comes here and the new owner who, who I love, I absolutely love him. I just, I love everything that they're doing and it, it's, it's so exciting. It's so nice. Like I, I canceled my season tickets. I canceled yeah. them. And then, when they signed Herrera, of course, my phone lit up with my rep, Stephanie. Hey, phone lit up. But it, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this guy's for real because this is not, it's the biggest signing Houston's ever seen. Any player. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, Nolan Ryan would be bigger. After yeah. That, I mean, it's, 
Yeah, I know you're not wrong. I mean, it's just look like I love the I love Gabriel Brenner and he's been so good for me and this team and the city. Um, you know, he's a businessman and you know, I mean, he he it's business. So one thing I didn't realize earlier on and you know, selling the team and and um, you know, positioning himself to still be a part of it is is tremendous and I'm I mean, you're just seeing a great owner that's coming in here and just eager to to compete and that, that's that's what it takes these days you've got to spend money in this league to get good players to create a facility that's desirable and um you know and build a, an atmosphere that players actually want to want to play in because yeah, business-wise brenner really did well he built bbva they have houston sports park and he made a, a what was it 150 million dollar profit and he's still a minority owner exactly but yeah. the, the key yeah. that's like what you said when when they announced Ted Siegel. The thing was, is he a businessman or is he a playboy? Which yeah, one I is mean, it? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit of both, but no, it seems like he's which is the best kind. That's the best kind. I I don't disagree. I mean, just, you're, you're seeing best you're kind. seeing a good point. Yeah, it takes it. Like I said, man. There's everybody asked me like, hey, what is it? Like, if you had to put your finger on one thing, like, you know, why why you guys won a championship, and even back to back, I was like, it's it's it. You can't like. There's a million different micro experiences, situations, positions, people like that contribute. And that's the kit man. That's the players, the coaches, the GM owner, and like everybody, you know, working towards a common goal that are all bought in and, you know, truly believing in the same values. And I think that's what's, what's happening again, which is super cool and very exciting. Yeah. It's definitely an exciting time. Mike, I want you to tell us one more time about, um, your fitness business about sphere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sphere for me has been a blessing just because it helped me get out of my depression. It gave me something to focus on and uh, to pursue And sphere really is all about recreating the locker room. And that's why I created it because I was lonely, depressed and struggling to meet people. And I think that a lot of people these days can probably resonate with that, with that in some sense. And so my, my background, as a professional soccer player and my passion for fitness, just combining the two created a company called sphere, which, um, you know, the original idea was to create a, like a lights down music up, super cool top golf, like soccer experience for people. And so we created that here in Houston. We have an indoor location that's off by Ikea in the Galleria area. And then through the pandemic and over the past couple of years, um, have developed a licensing program, something like Zumba, if you will, as an example, and we basically just share our concept with um, with people to start clubs in different cities and, um, you know, and bring adults together through soccer and fitness. Yeah, it, it is. It is tough to meet people sometimes. And, you know, when you're in a depressive state, it's you don't want to see anybody. It's 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 like it just it knows what it needs to grow. And it's, that's what it feeds you. And the day you stop eating it is the day you start to move back and towards the light. Well, Mike. I man, I appreciate it. This was this was fun. Yeah, I appreciate you getting me on, man. And uh, I'm glad that you found the sport, and I'm glad that you're you're sharing the beautiful game with uh, with the world. So keep it up. And if there's anything I can do to ever help, don't ever ever hesitate to reach out. You're not an Arsenal fan, are you? Chelsea. Oh God, damn it! I'm Tottenham. Damn it! <laughs> damn it! You guys, they're a mess right now with everything going on with Abramovich. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Ah. I know, man. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm like, 
college 2002 they came over to play celtic at uh, seahawk stadium and frank lampard and drogba and jose Mourinho, like they were all there running practice on our uh, college field and was in the gym and frank lampard came up he's like hey can i lift with you and i had no idea who the guy was oh my god it's crazy yeah so we're like doing squats in the rack together and stuff and just talking shooting the shit and i just i had no idea man my coach you know what that is i was like no i mean this is when soccer wasn't even isn't he like, like number four in all time Premier League goal scored? Something like that. I don't know. He was a legend for sure. But anyways, I, I once I, you know, did some digging on uh, the 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 internet at the time. You know, <laughs> I realized I was like, damn, this is pretty cool. I love how the sport has evolved and it's everywhere now. But yeah, you met one of one of the greatest midfield midfielder right of all time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's what. That, that's why I, that's why I became a fan. I was like, okay, I, this is my team now. So, well, all right, man. Well, I'm gonna do my sign off real quick, and then we'll chat at the end. But that was good, man. you guys, Thanks, no problem. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'm Finister. Thanks again to Mike Chabala, and as always, go Dynamo. Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.